Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Connected. We are beginning our descent into the second half of the semester here, and it's crazy to think that in only six weeks, we'll have wrapped up the in-person portion of our semester and are gonna be transitioning to the last few weeks of being virtual. And we're praying that despite the recent increases of cases here in Moscow, that we will be able to finish out the semester as hoped uh, and continue to be able to enjoy face-to-face fellowship until Thanksgiving break. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't had the chance to join us for one of our weekly gatherings or our life groups, I highly recommend checking them out as it is so important, especially in this season, to be together and in person. So we have life groups happening both Tuesday and Wednesday night at 7.30, as well as our weekly gathering that takes place Thursdays at 7.30 at the NRS warehouse, just at the south end of Moscow. For this conversation this week, I got the chance to sit down with Kirk Brower, who's a good friend of mine. He is former crew staff here at the University of Idaho and is now the lead pastor at Bridge Bible Fellowship here also in Moscow that meets at the NRS warehouse as well on Sundays. And we just discussed the local church, all things local church. And if you've had the opportunity to meet Kirk or listen to him preach either at Crew or at Bridge or elsewhere, you know that he's a man who is extremely gifted in teaching and loves the Lord deeply. He is a ton of fun and can connect with almost anyone as well. In this conversation, we cover the difference between the church as a global body and the local body, as well as how to find a good church, how crew and the church can work together for God's glory, why is it important for college students to connect to a local church and not just crew. Um, Really, it was a wide-ranging conversation, but when you have someone who is as wise as Kirk, you try to get as much spiritual goodness as possible from him. And so I hope that this conversation blesses you and that you're able to grow in your understanding of God's design for the church as a whole. So with that, let's jump into our conversation on understanding the local church. Hey friends, welcome back to Connected, a podcast by Crew at UIdaho. I'm really excited about today's episode. I've got a good friend of mine, a local pastor and former crew staff, Kirk Brower, with us today. Kirk, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here and uh, be reconnecting with some of my crew roots. Yes. Yeah, you... uh these guys probably don't know this, but you were my boss when I first showed up here. I'm still your boss, you, Taylor. Yeah, don't you forget it. <laughs> Kirk, you know, we're going to be talking about the importance of the local church, uh, all things local church today, uh, mm-hmm. how to find a good local church. Um, but, you know, I, before we jump into that, I'd love for you just to let our listeners know, um, who are you? Like, give us a quick introduction to Kirk Brower. Uh at face value, I am the husband to one, the father of four, a uh, pastor. I have a side hustle where I uh, guide whitewater rafting. Um, I also do some teaching at a local private Christian school here, uh, Logos School. Uh, but I, I grew up in a family where my mom was a Christian, my dad was not. And uh, it was actually um, my freshman year of college when I found myself on a college campus. And what, what campus was that? 
it was a it was a large community college in southern Idaho, <laughs> in our state's capital. <laughs> That's right. That nice stab there. Uh, so I was on campus one day, lonely and filling out some information cards, um, kind of like a Palooza Fest. I think that we just had Palooza Fest here, not didn't we? Last week, something yeah. that obviously looked different with the pandemic and everything. But uh, long story short, I filled out one of those cards at a, with a group that was Campus Crusade for Christ, and I didn't know anything about him. But uh, I was lonely enough to think that my mom might think that was a good idea. And so therefore I uh, filled out a card and they followed me up and they walked through the gospel. A guy named John Mitchell, who uh, was on staff, is actually now a pastor at a church in Boise. And I uh, went home that night and professed Christ as Savior in faith. And uh, I was off to the races being discipled every week by a crew staff guy. I uh, learned how to share my faith and uh, transferred my following year up here to the U of I. And was a bit of a zealot, so I decided to join a fraternity and take my newfound uh, Christendom there and had a wonderful experience for three years, living in a fraternity, proclaiming the gospel. Uh, had lots of godly friends around me, got connected to a, a great little church, had a discipler, and, uh, and through that process, uh, had the opportunity to come back with my wife and work with crew. And so we did that for about 16, 15, 16 years um, here at U of I. And then uh, transitioned from that just about three and a half years ago to be a pastor. So there it is in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Maybe I didn't put this on here, but as you thought of like highlights of your time involved with crew, mm. both as a student and staff, like what were some of those things that you thought of mm. or that come to mind when you think of? The first one that comes out immediately is the uh, summer mission. Mm. And uh, my experiences there, one as a student, uh, I'd never flown on an airplane before my life in my junior year. Uh a great faculty commons staff person who's still working uh, with crew, Ralph Cooley, just approached me and said, why don't you come to Japan with us? And so I uh, never thought that would ever happen. And long story short, I spent a, a summer, rallied three of my best buds and uh, said, let's go to Japan. And we had a great experience of seeing what it really looks like to sort of jump into the deep end of the pool. That was amazing. Um, and then just like s small groups, um, my Bible study that I had uh, with a couple guys, a sm really intimate group, as well as a small group I was leading in my fraternity and just inviting guys every Tuesday night to come and try to live out my faith authentically and sharing with them. Uh, those were definitely the things that first come to mind. Not working with me or Shay, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm still praying through yeah. that, actually. <laughs> There's some things you have to work through after wounds. working with us for a while. Wounds. Yeah. Uh, well, Kirk, you as a local pastor, mm -hmm. um, you're in a really unique spot. Um, you were on staff. You're not on, you're, well, you're technically not on staff anymore, mm -hmm. but you are mm -hmm. connected still through affiliate staff. Mm -hmm. uh, as you think about the why be a part of a local church for a crew student you can speak into a really cool kind of from a cool perspective yeah um, and so i would love for you just to share why is it important for students who are involved with crew to still be involved in the local church or any ministry to be involved in the local church yeah um well there's a number of them i would say but one probably the most fundamental i think is uh you, you know you're you're a college student for a very brief time in your life. And for, for many college students involved with college student groups like Crew, um, it's just this fertile time of growing in conviction and understanding and the word and all of that. And so I think that probably 
the most important thing I think for a student is when they graduate, they need to have the tools or the know-how, uh, depending on where the Lord launches them, what community, what job, what situation, to know, okay, how do I go find a local church? Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I, it, it would be really sad if every time somebody graduates and they're like, where do I go find the next crew movement or, mm-hmm. or whatever it would be? Because mm-hmm. we, we need to know that's real life and part of crew's mission is, you know, to preparing these students mm-hmm. to live missionally for the rest of their lives. And that mission is going to come that the foundation is mm-hmm. in their local church. So knowing practice that now, how do mm-hmm. I find a good church? How do I get connected to that church? How do I meet the pastor and the elders and, and other people? Um, Cause that's what life's going to look like after graduation. But I'd also say there's, I could probably go on for a number of things, but w- one other aspect that comes to mind immediately too is, um, you know, trying to learn, how to walk by faith, as we talk about, you know, communicate your faith, walk by faith, and multiply your faith, involves generations. And so I think it's super important that college students uh, understand what it's like to come alongside someone who has been married for 30 years mm-hmm. and knows what that trail looks like, the relational component of how to pursue and love a woman, how to be a man in a culture where that's very, very confusing, or how to be a woman in a culture that's, how do I... How do I live out the the glory of my feminine spirit that God has given me to have those sort of counterparts? How to come alongside um, in celebration when somebody gets married or has a baby? Or this weekend, how to come alongside and uh, mourn when someone passes? We're going to have a funeral service for a sweet saint, uh, friend of the church. And so to be able to just get the whole picture of what that looks like. is really yeah. is really important to, to see the seasons mm-hmm. of life and how to walk with God throughout all of those seasons. For yeah. Sure. yeah, and you know, again, as an evangelical uh, mission, I think it's really helpful for students to see, hey, what is what is the gospel proclamation look like when you're mm-hmm. a banker, yeah. a farmer, a mother of five kids? It know? looks very different than as when a college, you're a college student. student. Yeah. yeah, and it's just as. Um, it's just as significant for sure. Uh, But sometimes I think we think, oh yeah, evangelism isn't just Mm -hmm. when I'm in college or when I'm Mm -hmm. hanging out at the commons when we used Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. (laughs) But it it looks differently. So again, there is a number of reasons, but those are some of the first things that come to mind, I think, uh, that I would want students to understand. Yeah, I think too, like I totally agree with you on those. And um, it's almost, in a sense, it's like, what can you learn Mm -hmm. from the church? Uh, or from the saints who are involved in the church, but also if they, if college students aren't getting involved, we're missing out on a beautiful voice there too. Mm-hmm. Um, what can that student or that person offer to the church in terms of yeah. uh, serving in different areas, right. but also encouraging that banker who's trying to learn how to live missionally. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm learning this too. Let's, you know, let's talk about how we can do this in a sense. Yes. So there's a vibrancy, I think, in uh, kind of the what I what I call the youthful passion of the gospel infection. And so anytime I can get a college student to share uh, their story Mm -hmm. at church, I love having that because that's contagious. And the church needs to see some of the freshness of the gospel just fell on my ears three weeks ago. And I am totally changed. And to hear that transformation, or to hear for the college student what it, or, or for the for the congregate, the typical sort of congregate, what it looks like to see the vibrancy of um, discipleship playing out mm-hmm. uh, from somebody testifying, for example, up front at a church service about my disciple who taught me these things, and I meet every week, and he models uh, 
things like evangelism that we just it's very very difficult to do but there's a freshness there that adds to sort of the the spirit of energy in, in yeah. any church and again you know one of the things we try to do in our youth group is to have college students involved because they're again just down the trail a little bit further and to have young high schools students who are really formidable in their minds and their hearts hanging out with college students that are walking in faith mm-hmm. and aren't worried about what people think of them pretty comfortable in their identity in Christ that's really really influential and uh, I, I love that I can put high school students in that situation so they're sort of grappling on to these are good role models you know yeah. for Christ yeah for sure I totally agree with you on that well let's switch gears a little bit so we just like why is it important uh, to be involved in the local church uh, but you know what that term church mm-hmm. there's so I, I think that can be really confusing at times like what is a mm-hmm. church um and so like for you as you've pondered scripture as you've reflected and meditated on that like what what is a biblical church mm-hmm. great well there, i think there's we kind of have to make a distinction between uh the church as a as a body of believers around the globe the the global church mm-hmm. all God-fearing Christians who profess Christ, mm-hmm. you know, that are born again. The big C church. The, exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. So the, the um, um, yeah, I guess you could call it the big C church. I was, so it's the, the global population mm-hmm. who profess Jesus. But then there's also the church that's like uh, what Paul talks about, the church in Corinth mm-hmm. in First Corinthians, or the, uh, you know, the church in Ephesus, or the, the church in Jerusalem, you know, and they have a, Galatians was written, the Jerusalem council was me. So these are local specific mm-hmm. um, organized churches. Yeah. So and, let's, let's talk about both of those. Okay. Um, let's hit on what is the big C church and then what is the little C church? Um, so I would say the, the big C, as you phrase it, there would be like all Christians who throughout the globe we have, there's the church. Again, it's the, the corporate uh, Romans 10, you know, mm-hmm. if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he has been raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Anybody who does that is, uh, you, you know, in essence, I mean, obviously there's more to it, but, you know, it's like, well, they have been baptized. Maybe it's like they've entered into the body of believers and I identify them. That would be real basic. Mm-hmm. So I have, I'm part of a church body that's far outside of Moscow. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other church would be like I belong to a church Bridge Bible Fellowship, mm-hmm. and I think uh, so. If I'm answering your question, I want to make sure I got that yeah. first before I talk yeah. about that. As you phrase it, the little maybe, C church. Maybe hit on the the why the big C church. Like what what is God's plan for the big C church? Um, yeah, um, grand grand picture story. Yeah, grand totally. Story well, I think ultimately we see that in Revelation when mm-hmm. He says, "Hey, there will one day we're all going to gather, mm-hmm. every tribe." every tongue and every nation, every ethnos. It's not like the Americans and the uh, Irish, and it's the eth- every ethnicity, every, every people group that ever lived. We're all going to gather one day, and we are all going to link arms in unison around the throne, and we're going to sing mm-hmm. praises to the one mm-hmm. and only king. Mm-hmm. And so that ultimately uh, is is the charge and so therefore on this side of glory like what we see in the great commission you know it's like hey and uh, you know go get after it <laughs> uh baptize and again i think that's a commissioning 
to the greater cause that will uh, go towards glory. But ultimately, I think that God is building a church here that will at least reflect in part what one day it will be mm-hmm. when we get to eternity, where, mm-hmm. where every human being who bears the image of God will be represented based upon their, again, it will be singing. I don't know what that'll look like. I remember sidebar. Can I sidebar real yeah. fast? Is yeah, that totally. Cool? So in 2007, one of my most, uh, it was one of those questions you asked earlier about highlights from crew. 2007, Campus Crusade for Christ Korea. Actually, I think the KCCC is yeah. what they go by. They had a global college um, mission, campus mission, 07 is what they called it. And it was probably the closest, not probably, definitely, unless something extravagant happens before I die, the most um, unique experience I've ever been a part of that pointed towards what one day would come. Because it was, um, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think there was like 90-some countries represented there. And I just remember uh, 10,000 people or something from all these beautiful different ethnicities. And we were linking arms and we were singing these songs together. And it was like the greatest joy filled. Like we have the same Savior. Now the expression was obviously different. I mean, even when we would pray, I don't know if you ever prayed Korean style, but they just pray simultaneously at once out loud. And it was a different experience for me. But they were they were singing, they were praying to the same God of whom I worship. And so my point is, kind of a long rabbit trail, that experience demonstrated to me a little bit what I perceive, at least in my finite brain, what eternity will be like when we all come under the banner of the same God who saves us. And uh, But there's these flavors, if you will, of mm-hmm. our beautiful makeup that God has designed, and we do it in unison and in concert, and we complement each other. We don't yeah. diverge from each yeah. other. Yeah. It's almost like the different uh, cultures reflect various aspects of God sure. and I think yeah. that's a really when it comes together it's this beautiful reflection of who God is yeah. in us in that Imago day mm-hmm. um, being played out so. absolutely I always think of an orchestra you know and I'm not a musician but I just think how different would a full orchestra sound if there were no trumpets you know or no woodwinds yeah. or no whatever it is remove yeah. you know you can um, and so you bring those all together under one conductor mm-hmm. and it makes sounds like we are, it's unimaginable, you yeah. know? So how eternity similarly, I think will be like that. So that's the, the church coming together yeah. in that kind of unison. Yeah. Unity will be a big part of that. Yeah. 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 Let's, so let's transition over to the yes. uh, local church, the, yeah. the little C, if we're running with that big C, little C, uh, what why what is the little C church? What is the local church? Mm. How does that play into that role? Why does it exist? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I think scripturally, you look at really most of the epistles and the Book of Acts, and you see um, they're not worshiping a different God; they're just worshiping in different locations. Um, and so that little C really one one way to think of it is kind of God's organizational. Um, structure to see the Great Commission fulfilled, you know? So it's, it, as we establish churches, we have things in Scripture where it talks about, uh, hey, there's order here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to organize by order when you have one church throughout the entire globe and you're trying, one guy's making the call, but there's this beautiful picture that God's like, hey, here's what we're going to do in, and, and, you know, sets things up in order so that, for example, uh, Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he deals with the things specifically that the church in Corinth is dealing with. Um, he sets principles and standards that are true for all of those. But so he, I think that Little C Church is the local um, embodiment of God's 
uh, established order that meets the needs of those people in that community and where those people in that community meet, you know, serve to mm-hmm. meet the needs. Of, so it's, it's unique in that regard. Mm-hmm. Almost like the, it's, it fills uh, the, the inside the church. It's uh, the place where we will meet those needs, but also as a conduit for those to serve the local community, like the exactly. larger community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I, I've got two questions off of this. And one, mm-hmm. um, I just think of, uh, if that's true, it's like, what are th- important things to look for in a local church? If you, you know, it's important to be a part of the local church, it's part of God's plan yeah. for us to be involved in the local church. Yeah. Uh, what are some things to look for? Good question. So I guess maybe um, trying to think how to answer that. For while, you know, while as even a freshman, yeah, like, what would a freshman to find look a, for? a healthy local church? Well, I think one thing to keep in mind that a local church, like let's say this freshman walks onto the campus and he's looking for a church. Um, I think to make a distinction between what is a church and what is not a church, right? Because sometimes we treat clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, like crew, the beauty is crew isn't a church and mm-hmm. it doesn't want to be, it doesn't, it's frees them up in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, right? Because, so I think in a church is kind of this regular meeting of believers where there is uh, worship and under worship, I would probably have some subcategories by mm-hmm. worship. I mean, there's regular teaching of the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to a church and they haven't opened the Bible, that would be a red flag, right? Mm-hmm. And so that comes back, I'll come back and answer your question, but there's, um, the celebration of communion or the Lord's Supper is happening regularly. Some of those uh, being baptized there. Um, Those are some of the elements I think that you would see. And there's service where you're trying to reach the needs of your community as well. Um, All those things ought to be happening in the church. And there's a very um, holistic kind of approach. So that's in part, at least, that's one of the things that I would say kind of constitutes a church, uh, followed up by the fact that it's governed or led by ordained or, or sort of commissioned leaders, you know, like an elder board or something. Mm-hmm. So there's authority there. So if I was going to step into a church, I would look for some of those things. Mm-hmm. I would first look for, well, do they meet regularly on, a, you know, the Lord's day? And do they teach from the Bible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do they um, celebrate some of those really fundamental things that God calls us to. Have I, have I ever seen a baptism? Do they even take place? You know, do we ever get to celebrate communion and the Lord's Supper? Are they actually trying to have an outreach of some kind? And that looks different, you know, coming from crew. It's like outreach looked like purely gospel proclamation, mm-hmm. you know, by way of face-to-face. But there's other outreaches where it's like, are we serving widows? Are we serving orphans? Mm-hmm. How about those in the margins that just don't have single moms you know what's going on mm-hmm. those are some of the things i would look for and and probably the most fundamental though would be the teaching of the word not just that it's being taught but what's being taught mm-hmm. and that's probably another can of worms there but is it is it sound doctrine you know the scriptures talk about the bereans who mm-hmm. knew the scriptures well and so when stuff came at them it's like i don't know that that's what the bible says um uh, those are some things yeah i'll just start there anyway yeah yeah i yeah, I, I want to, there's some things in there I want to unpack, but mm-hmm. I think too, it's, you can speak into this a little bit, is the difference between, like, why crew, mm-hmm. we, we clearly say we're not a church, um, mm-hmm. and you kind of hit on it a little bit there, but we, so if people would say like, okay, well, why, why does crew exist versus the church, um, mm-hmm. what, help someone kind of wrestle through that or how to how why the two things rather yeah, than one yeah why why is if 
yeah, why why does crew exist if it's not a lo- local church? I gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, uh, you know, I think the genesis of a lot of groups like crew um and other wonderful organizations like that probably you know originally got their start maybe at least in part because uh maybe things needs weren't being met Mm -hmm. and i know you know like dr bright bill bright the founder of campus crusade for christ in 1951 saw uh, a large portion of the leaders of the world not being met by way of the gospel and he thought what if we mobilized some resources and went to the college campus um, so in essence, I think that whether it's out of sin or not, whatever, you know, negligence, whatever, um, the beginning phases of that were that. But I think that now that while that needs still probably definitely exists in certain ways, I think the tendency sometimes w- the way it can go south, I guess, is where those groups, the church or campus ministry, whatever, I'm just crew, let's say, where they seek to maybe replace one or the other Mm -hmm. rather than assist Mm -hmm. each other. And so I think that's where it's like there's a a wonderful sort of harmony that can come. The freedom for 15, 16 years that I had working with crew, the freedom I had was there were so many things that fell under the jurisdiction of the church that I just didn't have to bother with. Mm -hmm. My church did. Um, but what fell under my jurisdiction was I got to just be the tip of this spear and gospel proclamation discipleship. So when it came to like, you know, what not to not to that I didn't care, but when there was like uh, counseling needs that require a lot of consistent weekly time, mm-hmm. I was in tandem with my church. There's a great biblical counseling center right over here. Let me introduce you to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm freed up, kind of like what we see again in the book of Acts when I, I'm freed up to operate my gifts and callings and you are too. So let's work in assistance and not try to replace it. Cause it's like you're trained and qualified to do that. But again, it's like I was called into my church numerous times to say, teach us how to do evangelism. Mm-hmm. That's your expertise. So it was, it was, there's a great harmony in that. And so I think when, when the church is jumping in and utilizing those resources, they can really benefit. And when, you know, crew is saying, Hey, we want to give our resources and utilize your resources, and we're freed up too. Um, so that's one aspect. A um, couple others is that? Can I give a couple others? Yeah, here? absolutely. So uh, probably one of the easiest ones, to be honest, because of God's design that He lays out in the Book of Corinthians and He sets up and establishes in some of the you know Timothy and Titus, is um, you have an elder board on these churches, a deacon board, whatever your leadership model looks like. And they are the men whom God has said, I want them to give structure, deal with hard things. Uh, So when you see uh, uh, Matthew 18, kind of a church discipline thing, I never had to deal with church discipline because that's Mm -hmm. not my jurisdiction. And there was freedom in that. It's Mm -hmm. like, sweet. I'm going to kick this one over to the church and let them deal with that. That's an important part of sanctification and growth. But, you know, not that's not a if you're not a church then you shouldn't be executing church discipline that doesn't work very well you know and that way you have the authority in the backing of scripture to sort of say we're going to press in and by the way church discipline is always done in love and when i say church discipline sometimes people automatically go to the last resort of excommunication but it's like no no that's last resort and even that is to shock somebody into repentance it's mm-hmm. not to say stick what do you how do you treat the unbeliever the, the, the unbeliever you love them mm-hmm. that's what you should be so um, so there's church discipline. There's um, uh, just wisdom in joining efforts and linking arms in a really effective way and saying, hey, you can teach us about this. We can teach you about that. Let's work in unison. 
Um, so anyway, I'll stop there. Yeah. I'll yeah. let you. Shifting gears just a little bit, you know, I think of the the college student who says, you know what, I love Jesus, mm-hmm. but I don't love the church, mm-hmm. uh, or I I don't feel like I'm called to be a part of the local church. Um, how would you respond to a conversation like that? Well, I'm a good crew guy, right? So I've learned really fast to ask the question, why? <laughs> that's the good follow-up to any coach or news training. <laughs> that's right. So I, I mean, I would want to know what, that's loaded, you know, I don't, yeah. So, um, you know, typically what that person is discussing is that there's, um, there's some sort of hurt that happened mm-hmm. in their background. Mm-hmm. And so I would want to navigate through that. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It heals everything. It's mm-hmm. the ministry of reconciliation. And so I'm going to walk, walk through that. But I think that uh, it's like I was hurt in some way. And interestingly enough, generally it comes down at least in my experiences the reason i don't want to be a part of the church is because it's full of hypocrites right and that's the deterrent oftentimes uh sometimes there's other things but it's sort of like well right and we are all hypocrites at some level but furthermore that's also why when it comes to church discipline nothing deters a seeker quicker than someone who doesn't live out what they say and so when someone is not living out what they're saying they're not receiving correction that's why that last resort i think is well treat them like an unbeliever so that they don't have that ability to teach hypocrisy but i think i'd want to help them heal through whatever that wound is or whatever that bad experience was and and help them know that as scripture says even uses the term you know even though um we are we have played the role of the harlot we are still the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how jaded or frustrated or angry or opinionated we are. God says, hey, that's that's my bride. And we need to learn to love the bride. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, again, how you work through that. There are things that I, I want to affirm and like hurts mm-hmm. and they need to be navigated. But it's, I would say it's not an excuse to say, well, I'm going to throw it out because it's, you know, it's the bride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oftentimes when I've heard that, it's that there's some sort of pain that's happened. Mm-hmm from a local church um something's happened or what hypocritical or something like that but um, something in their experience yeah yeah in the experience they, yeah. but i i totally agree with you where there's just the it's the bride mm-hmm. uh, and we need to like god has ordained the bride um to like you said bless us to uh guide like help lead us and push us forward in our relationship with him and then also to be the conduit for him as well. Yeah, so, right. Um, well, two two more questions for you, Kirk. Uh, well, one is a two-part question, and then one is okay. uh, one more for you. But uh, when we think of working, crew and the church working together, uh, you know, there's this idea of partnership or mm-hmm. a students who it's like, well, I'm involved with crew, um, but they're also... You know, I, whenever I meet with someone, I say, hey, you need to be involved in a local church too. I'm trying to figure out how do we balance that? Um, how do we balance being involved with a campus ministry while also being a part of the, the body life of the church? Mm-hmm. Is that? Yep. Yeah. yeah it makes uh, great sense. Yeah. So, one, how does crew and the church work together? And then, two, for a student trying to figure out how do I balance this? Um, what would you say to those things? Um, well, so a few things. One, I think I'll look at it through the lenses of a staff person, right? Because I remember feeling that way early on, you know, when you, and again, my experience was with crew. And so there's a lot that 
was demanded of you. And it, it's unfortunately, I remember feeling like I do ministry all week on Sunday. I just want to take the time off. And that's just a bad attitude. Uh, it's not biblical. I don't, you know, I've had to repent of that a long time ago. But I thought, you know, at, at its core, Cruz mission is evangelism discipleship simplified right mm-hmm. and so i thought the best thing that i can do as a staff person is, is disciple my students in this area so what's the best lead? i'm going to model it mm-hmm. so i'm going to not just show up and on sundays but it's like what, what are some things that i can maybe slip into to serve mm-hmm. um i could help out on you know once a month on a at least at our church these are the things i think about once a month i'm going to help in sunday school or the nursery or something or it's like uh I'm going to help. We have a huge moving ministry, you know, or it's like... I've uh, benefited you've, from you've, that yeah, you four have. times in the last three years. <laughs> three, four times in three, which is probably a record, not really <laughs> keeping track. But sometimes it can be reduced, and you know this too, it can be reduced to sort of like, well, um, can you just help sponsor students when they go on summer mission? Mm-hmm. You know, And I don't know staff person just wants that, but that, that can certainly feel that way. So the point is, I want to model this. I want to... I want to model what does it look like to be in a small group. Mm-hmm. We're always advocating for our students to be discipled, and and I would hope that they would say, "Who disciples you?" And that, in some capacity, but granted, it looks different because we don't in the real world we don't usually get two hours every week. You know, that's one of the beautiful things about crew. But so I think modeling it, mm-hmm. demonstrating it as a staff person. Here's or as what a it student looks like. Leader even maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Trickling down into the students. So if the staff are modeling it, the student leaders are modeling it, the student lead- leaders are modeling it, then they have a venue to just say, hey, on Sundays, I'd, I'd like to go to church. You want to come check it out? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's again, it goes back to the discipleship. I'm modeling what it's going to look like when college is done for them. And and then connecting with, I've got this uh, friend I'd love for you, for you to meet. He's got five kids you know and he's uh, it's or whatever it is and just let them see like wow i didn't know people still did that sort of thing is he a farmer (laughs) you know to see the beauty of family and how it interacts and and all that so um but then again like i said i I, maybe i'm repeating myself but as far as crew and the church working together um there are so many wonderful things that crew offers uh by way of just energizing the local church, particularly in the area of evangelism, something that, you know, it just comes very, very difficult. It's really difficult to try to energize the church to why people should share. So whether it's stories, whether it's new believers that come, and that's just how you introduce them. Hey, this is my friend. He actually just, uh, you know, so-and-so, and he just, you know, committed his life to Christ here last month or something. I know that can be a weird introduction, but you get the point. It's like there's an energy when people, a new believer, what? And we take that for granted, you know, with crew, but it's, so those are, those are some ways. I think Brian Strider, I don't know if you know that name. Mm -hmm. Everybody should check that out. Brian Strider, you can, he wrote an article that was really prevalent in crew about, um, is that the soccer team? Yeah, exactly. And I think that was a pretty good picture. Yeah. Uh, I was just telling someone that. Were you? Yesterday or something like that. I thought that was a great, you know, it's really short, but it captures some of this, you know, it's like you may cancel soccer practice and it's no problem, but you don't cancel family dinner, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, and, but you go to soccer because it's like, Hey, I I need some people to help teach my kids how to play that Mm because I never really have. And, but one's definitely a priority. Family Mm -hmm. is over Mm -hmm. soccer practice, you know? And so that's, that's one of the important things too, I think, in understanding the, working together, um, I think biblically God says, hey, there is a church authority that we ought to be under. You know, we're under authority of God, households. He's got that structure. And so Taylor is smiling right now because he knows he is under my authority <laughs> as his pastor. No, it's not a thumb on it either. You know what I mean, <laughs> no, though? No. But I think that that's something we all in our 
today, we need to understand like there's a biblical authority mm-hmm. and which no like culturally today authority buzzword no wants bad, to hear yeah. hey you're under my authority it's profane huh yeah. right and so that all is a reflection of god's design you know back in the beginning when god the creator made man the creation and so he's in charge and he sets things in charge but he's a loving it, it obviously all affects our identity in in our view of God and the Father, does he actually like me? Mm-hmm. Does he love me? How can I trust him? Whoa. You know, and so when mm-hmm. we learn those things, oh, he demonstrates his love in that he sent his son to die for us. Okay, he's trustworthy. And I realize there's a corruption of sin, but churches can be corrupt, absolutely. But the point is, there is that authority issue too. So I don't know if I got your first question. The other one was balance. You mentioned something yeah, about balance. Yeah, and balancing. For a student who's like, you know, I... I'm hearing from crew staff or a student leader and crew to be involved in the local church. Mm. But, you know, I don't know what that looks like as a student. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm going to a Bible study, I'm in discipleship. I'm going to a crew weekly gathering. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm trying to share my faith. X, Y, Z, you know, yeah. uh, where do I fit the time in to do more, do more and to be involved in the local church. But you kind of hit on a little mm-hmm. bit okay. of that. Just the, by being there is like spurring on the the church in a way of like, hey, I'm I'm living on mission. Look at here's my friend who just trusted Christ a few weeks ago, and there's like encouragement there. But I, I would assume that you'd probably say you'd add to that too, uh, maybe not just by your presence being on Sunday. Absolutely, yeah, and that's where I think for some students it, it's a conversation, right, with like their discipler with crew mm-hmm. and maybe somebody at church to say, hey, I've got a lot going on. And as we're thinking honestly about the sanctification of that student, what might be the best thing for you? So it's like, you know, uh, maybe actually what would be good is instead of that small group, for example, there's a group of men. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are, you know what I mean? You think of people's season. Here's this young, engaged guy who, and all of his input is coming from his peers. It's like, nope, I'm going to ask you not to go to that. I've got a group of men mm-hmm. who can give you what you need right now as they tell you what the trail looks like up ahead mm-hmm. getting ready to get married and vice versa you know sometimes you get these guys that are like um church just filled and it's like you know the best thing for you is to go spend a semester just set an appointment and go out and learn how to share your faith with one of those student leaders that's mm-hmm. and then let's talk next semester you know yeah. uh, to light a fire under them and get them on the front lines a little bit so those are kind of some of the things and i think so you take into consideration this human being I we always go to my mind goes to the young men, mm-hmm. but I mean you can figure if you're a young lady too. But it's like, what do they need? You know, well we need to you need to talk to this person who um, has just gotten married to to understand what what does biblical pursuit look like? Mm-hmm. You know, um, here's a there are there are older gentlemen in our church that uh, reflect the image of God in ways that I just long to, and I would love to get college students before them you know hanging out with my my good friend bob garcia in his mm-hmm. wood shop and just spend an hour with that guy mm-hmm. and just the way he presents himself is amazing you know and so uh and vice versa again you know it's like i, I with crew we would meet every week to go pray mm-hmm. and i have a good friend um a gentleman that's in his mid-70s that would meet up to just go pray walk campus together with me and uh, so there was something that he was loved getting in on and just hearing the vision like what we prayed for when we walked by the Kibbe Dome or by a particular fraternity house or the residence hall 
and to capture the vision of, wow, listen to what God is doing. And it was prayer that was directing him in that. And so, so those are a few ways, I think. But at the end of the day, we do need to think wisely as we seek counsel of like, what, what do I need to maybe step back from mm-hmm. so that I can grow more closely with the Lord and uh, realize that there's opportunities on both sides of that um, church and crew or whatever it might be, ministry events. Awesome. I feel like there's so many more questions that we could ask. And uh, I'm sure that if people have these questions, they can connect with you. Um, They can find your contact on the Bridge uh, website. Yep. Correct. Correct. Uh, or yeah. come find you at bridge bridgebible.org bridgebible.org or on Sundays yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the NRS warehouse where we also are holding our crew weekly gathering as well. Um, and so he's the bald guy who usually goes up and gives well, was, not totally That bald. was a low blow. <laughs> uh, but is is it every week now you're giving the announcements or is it just most? No, I mean periodically that's another one of those discipleship things. During COVID I just kind of hopped in there but uh, you'll generally see somebody different every week yeah i give announcements and i give sermon periodically but he's a great resource to connect with if you have more questions about crew in the local church uh or just want to get connected to a a local church here in town Uh, but there's also many other good churches here that Mm. we would love to help connect you to as well if you are looking for uh a place to call home in that way but uh kirk before we leave maybe you know, this is a weird year, uh, mm. a weird start of a semester. And one of the things I have been ending with on these uh, conversations is just asking, what is your advice for a uh, new student or any student uh, in this season? Or maybe give us a pastoral charge uh, as this semester carries on for those involved in our community. Um, it is weird. And uh, it is definitely not what most college students signed up for. So in simple, uh, I have always sort of tried to live my life as a crew staff person and even as a pastor, as a first things first kind of person. And so I was just thinking, and my mind just went there when you were asking that question, 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul says, um, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which I received to you, in which you stand, by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to preaching the word. For I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then appeared to more than 500. Uh, it may sound like kind of the uh, Sunday school response, but as Paul said, uh, this is of first importance. And uh, there are so many peripheral issues going on right now that, uh, that that are all very important. But I would say to every college student that's involved with you in some capacity, whether it's a seeker that walks into crew and is just kind of curious or a believer, make the gospel the first priority. Understand what, it, what that good news means. Understand not only how to experience it, but how to proclaim it. Because I think that's really, at the end of the day, that's what we need most. And we don't want to get caught up in... Um, a variety of issues or, or and fearful things. I'm not at all, you know, pandemics are not, they're, they're scary, you know, um, and all the issues that come with it and even our societies outside of the community of Moscow, you know, uh, that I would make that my highest priority to know and understand the gospel. So even if you've been a Christian for your entire life, I would hope that if you're hearing this, you're thinking, 
I want to understand more about the gospel experience and the declaration of the good news that must go out. It's the only thing that brings whole healing, you know, and if I'm a seeker and I'm just sort of stumbling into this, I would hope and pray that at the end of this, you just get on the phone or text somebody and say, I'm not even sure what that good news is. And they would discern. Yeah. I can't add to that. So mm-hmm. Kirk, thanks mm-hmm. so much uh, for jumping on. I, I think that just even that charge to know Jesus, to make him known uh, and to make that the, the priority, the first thing first uh, in mm-hmm. our life um, is so important. So um, yeah, thank you again. Thank for, you. Fun uh, being here, man. Being a part of this. And yeah, we hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. If you want to connect more with uh, a local church, please just reach out to us on Instagram at crew underscore UIdaho. And we would love to give you uh, some various churches in the area that we partner with. So with that, hope you guys have a great weekend.